Hi, it's Barnabas. Many of our most important sources, such as the Explorer Academy code-breaking activity adventure, are written by Dr. Gareth Moore, a puzzle and brain training author who lives in the UK. He's created, I think, now over 400 books, and many of them we use on the show. One of my personal favorites is called 404. The basic idea is that a mysterious group that calls themselves The Republic has sent you a book filled with over 60 puzzles, and it is your job to solve them. You can find him at drgarethmoore.com or on his YouTube channel. Now, let's get back to the show. In this episode, we talk about a classic code, semaphore. And honestly, this episode is a little bit less wild than the last one. But it is more intriguing. Without further delay, start the show. Welcome back to the Kids Code Podcast. I'm Barnabas, your host, and I'm with Steve, your co-host, the new recruit, and the dumb and proper lady from the last episode. Probably not a good choice. Today, we're talking about Semaphore. There isn't much to say. Everyone knows it's a well-known code using flags, and that's all. Not exactly. Semaphore, which combines the ancient Greek words for apparatus for signaling, mark or sign, and bearer, is used for any kind of signaling long ranges visually. Not just the classic code that most people know. You can use fire, light, sun, flags, massive scales, and other things, too. Semaphores are a type of communication system. And now it's time for Steve's Tips. Hi, it's Steve. For some more Steve's tips. One. Only use flag semaphore. You don't have to use it with flags. But most other types of semaphore are on a large scale or complicated or both. This is a pretty silly one. Number 
For best results, only signal short distances. For example, you can signal with flags or just your arms across a cafeteria or between two windows next door to each other. But don't try to do it more than 150 feet away from someone else. Because at that point, it's slightly hard to tell the exact positions. Especially if you're not in a flat, clear area. Three, in written messages, you should probably use a variant of the flag semaphore, such as the clock version, to save time. The flag semaphore has other variants. You can use the positions that are shown as clock hands, or as parts of abstract paintings, or other things. But those usually are faster to draw than the little human figure holding the flags. That's all for Steve's tips. Now, back to Barnabas. The first type of semaphore system we'll look at today is the fire system. The ancient Greeks used a system of towers on the tops of mountains in a way that each tower will, would be visible from the next and on it went in a line. In one tower, someone would light a fire and then the next tower would light another flame to show whatever message was being signaled and on and on which would take much faster than runners or any other type of messaging system they would have had in that day a similar system was used in the Byzantine Empire a smoke signal is one of the oldest types of semaphore. A signal lamp is a semaphore system using a visual signaling device, often using Morse code. In the 19th century, Britain's Navy began using them. In 1867, they started using dots and dashes sorts of signals in the signal lamp. If you want to know more about Morse code, listen to episode one of this podcast. We will probably be making another one in the future as well. Lighthouses use a type of semaphore as a signal to ships. A heliograph is a device using semaphore that makes signals by flashing sunlight using a mirror, often in Morse code. The flashes are produced by quickly moving the mirror or by interrupting the sunlight with a shutter. Heliographs 
were used by the British and Australian armies until the 1960s and by Pakistan as late as 1975. mechanical signaling devices often using moving quote-unquote arms have been used. For example, in 1972, a Frenchman invented a telegraph which uses moved indicator arms and conveys information according to the direction the indicators point. That was popular around the turn of the 19th century. Many large towers were used. In Napoleon's time, there were stations constructed to send and receive messages using the term Napoleonic semaphore. It was very effective and made it so that Messages that normally took days to send could now be transmitted in just a few hours. The railway semaphore signal is one of the easiest forms of railway signals. These signals tell train drivers whether they have to stop or they can go. By changing the angle of a piece of metal or wood attached to a pole. The horizontal position indicated stop. Vertical was all clear and the halfway between position was go ahead but be prepared to stop so slow down a little bit. That is no longer used because digital colored lights have replaced this type in most countries. There are two water using semaphore systems. The earliest one was developed in the 4th century BC in Greece, while the other was developed in the 19th century AD in Britain. The Greek system was done in a combination with fires, while the British system was used entirely fluid pressure. Neither are still in use. Flag semaphore is a semaphore system using handheld flags, rods, discs, paddles, or occasionally even plain hands. The message is shown by the position of the flags. It is read when the flag is in a fixed position. Semaphores were adopted and widely used in the 19th century. It is still sometimes used at sea, and it is acceptable for emergency communication during the day or using lighted wands instead of flags at night. In books, 
you often see red and yellow colored flags, but that is not always true. When you're at sea, they are red and yellow, but any flags on land are white and blue. The flags are not required. The purpose is to make the different letters more obvious. There are several variants of flag semaphore. For example, you can use the hands of a clock to show it instead of little figures, or even abstract paintings. Anything that can show lines in those positions, and it's clearly those positions, can probably work. Japan has its own version of flag semaphore, but since its calligraphy is more complicated than the Latin alphabet, most of their signals need multiple different positions to, for each letter. Also, their flags for zero through nine use a sort of rotary dial type of system. There are some special signals that you might not know about in flag semaphore as well. The signal for three can also be the signal for acknowledge or correct. If you signal E eight times, it means error. J means letters come after this. There's also a sign for numbers come after this. The signs for A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and K can double as numbers. There's also a sign for space, a sign for attention, which would be signaled at the start of a message, and a sign for cancel or don't pay attention to the previous signal. Flag semaphore started in 1866 as a handheld type of optical telegraph system used on land and then later improved by Charles Paisley. The land system consisted of fixed stations with two large movable arms, a lot like the type we were talking about before. That system was inconvenient to put on a ship, so using flags instead of giant machines was an easy method of communicating ship to ship or ship to shore when the distances were not too great. The creator of Flag Semaphore probably based it on the French coastal stations you heard about earlier. In 1835, 
Samuel Morse invented Morse code, which, which along with a patent for the telegraph in 1837, meant that it was much easier to send messages long distance in faster ways than the semaphore systems and using less money. So since then, semaphores have started falling out of use. It is true, though, that flag semaphore has been used a good bit in the recent past. For example, the Internet Engineering Task Force outlined how to use the semaphore flag system in 2007. And occasionally, semaphore positions are used in logos. The album cover for the Beatles album, Help, was originally going to have the members of the band spelling help in semaphore, but they decided to change it to have something that looked nicer. I think that's enough history for this episode. So now let's get to the story. Previously on the Kids Code Podcast. I'll go try to protect my gun. Let's take a quick break. Hi, everybody. Guess what? It's season four, and the Kids Code Podcast is officially two years old. On July 19th, 2021, Zero Trailer was released. We also have a couple other twos. We've been listened to in over 200 cities all over the globe. And we've been listened to nearly 2,000 times. And we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means a lot. Well, that's enough of the announcement. Back to the show. And I'll go to the Convention of Criminals with Dan. Dangerous Dave is here. This is what the convention of criminals looks and sounds like. I just figure out how to teleport some random person. I think called Barnabas. Here. No. Ah! Man, now I'm in the story. I didn't want to be in the story. Hey guys, what's wrong? Emily End is gone. Now, let's get into this story. Hey, did I just hear a telephone? You might have. We still don't know what's happening with Steve. Okay, I'll pick it up.
guys, I'm trapped in my closet and Dangerous Dave is out there. Please come quickly. Uh, Steve needs our help. Dangerous Dave is there. Well, then we'd better go help him. I still don't know what's up with Emily and... Okay, where should I go now? Hey, come with me. I have a new hideout that they'll never find. Okay, new recruit. Hey, Emily End. What? Come on. Well. To my new secret hideout. They'll never guess where it is. Where is it? You know the episode is playing? We don't want them to know until the end of this season or later, if at all possible. Oh. Now, let's get going. So, where did we park that motorcycle again? Right on the back. Okay. Now, Barnabas, you press this pedal to go forward and this pedal to brake and you turn this to decide which direction you go. Yeah. Now would you like to try driving now that you've seen me do it? Yeah. Okay, I think I have this. Where is Steve's house again? Take a right! We're there. Okay. Good. I don't see any cars or anything. Should we go inside? Sneak around to the back first and look through a window. <sighs> look there. Dangerous Dave, he's here. here. The end. You know, the new recruit, so that we don't know where his hideout is, is here on the phone? Hello. Yeah, I know. And that supposedly doesn't tell us where he is. Yeah, it should. But guess what? We know how to trace phone calls. It looks like he's somewhere in Texas? That doesn't make sense. How did you get to Texas, new recruit? Oh no. Man, he hung up on us. Well, that's kind of fair since we just kind of maybe spoiled the entire season. Oh yeah, right. Well, we'll see in the next episode if he's there.
Maybe. Or maybe it will be a later episode. If you don't know already, here's how you can make a flag to use for your semaphore system. You need a stick, tape, blue and white marker or other coloring utensils, and paper. The first step is to draw on the paper to make the paper half blue and half yellow in the combination of the flag for P in the NATO flag alphabet, which we really will get to in some episode. I'll link a picture to that in the show notes. Then, you tape the flag to the stick or pole. Pretty easy. Now you have a flag. You'll probably want two of these. I think that's all we have for this episode. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that you use that allows ratings and reviews to tell us how much you like the show. On Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, you can use that review to report flubs for Bob Bot in a later episode. The sources used in this episode are the Wikipedia articles Semaphore and Flag Semaphore, Over 50 Secret Codes by Emily Bone, The Explorer Academy Code-Breaking Activity Adventure by Dr. Gareth Moore, and Top Secret by Paul B. Genesco. Our next episode will be a second part to one of my favorite episodes from the past. Be sure to check that out next week. But until then, keep keep on cracking! Let's see. What should we do for this post-show? The first post-show of the season was creepy and in a park. The last post-show was a sort of disclaimer with a joke in it. But what should this one be? I don't really want it to be like the no-joke thing from episode 13. I don't know. Are you gonna show me in semaphore? Oh, okay. But wait, the listeners can't see that. Yes, that is the problem of semaphore. Since semaphores are all visual codes, then that makes them very hard to do on a podcast. 
which explains why this episode is shorter than the recent episodes. Well, that's a post-show. Oh, yeah. We just did the post-show. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening.